Welcome back to another episode of Smen of the Machine, a new Smodcast. No, we don't work for Smodcast. This is Men of the Machine. I am the captain. No, you're not. That is yes, not your name. I'm the captain. You're not the captain. I'm the captain. Say your actual name. I'm Kevin the captain. I'm Captain not, Kevin. No, Stone no. Cold Captain Austin. Captain Austin. You even fucked it up, you fucking jackass. Hey, you're making me go off the cuff here. What do you want from me? I'm the captain. You're not the captain. Say Who are you? Name. I'm Pat. What's your actual name? And today we're going to talk about a whole bunch of good, fun, fun goodies like Alien Covenant, because you seen it. Yes, uh, I went and saw Guardians. Nope, we already talked about that. I'm trying to think of the yes. things that have happened in the last week that have been super exciting. But let's start there, because I didn't see Prometheus, but I heard nothing but bad things about it. So, step up. Not have you seen the movie Step Up? Like, is it a step up from <laughs> Prometheus? <laughs> uh, you should probably use more words. Yeah. Um, Why use a lot words when few words do trick? It's a massive step up for Prometheus. Like, that's definitely... Like, the Prometheus, as soon as I saw Damon Lindelof's name attached to it, I got a sinking feeling. Because at first it was like... Is he the guy who also did it? He did. Wait, what? Is he the guy who also did Prometheus? He didn't do this. He did Prometheus, but he also... He was oh. one of the creators of Lost. Okay. Um, and Lost is a show, like, I gave up on the second season because I realized they really had no plan. And then yeah. when I heard how it ended, I'm like, yeah, I was right. <laughs> like, this went was, nowhere. The perfect, well, the perfect example is that, like, the, I remember the second I gave up on the show, because like, the, in the first season, there's, like, the Paris Hilton type uh, girl who was, like, basically, like, tanning in the wreckage and shit. Yeah. And then, like, in the second season, there's an episode where, like, they show her backstory and, like, this whole thing of her having a work ethic and blah, blah. And I was like, wow, they're going to do a lot to like, reconcile this character with like what she was and like what she is. And instantly they killed her. I was like, you have no plan whatsoever. You're just doing shit for the sake of doing it. Fuck this fucking show. I didn't like Lost anyways, but. The first season was awesome. And then like once I figured out that it was fucking just the same, it was going to be the same bullshit, I was like, whatever. Um, but yeah, so David Lindelof, originally like, when they first said um, Ridley Scott was doing the Alien prequel, I'm like, fuck yes. And then it was like David Lindelof's writing. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Because Damon Lindelof is the king of, like, set up with no payoff. Like, just jerk and then just let you go. Like, just let the blue balls happen. Lots of tugging, not a lot of action. And, yeah, and Prometheus lived up to my worst. He's the heavy petter of writers. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it lived up to my worst fears. Like, like, literally, Justin and I had polar opposite um, takes on it. We literally fought for like half an hour after we left the theater about it. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, he still like is an apologist for it. Like he's just like, I liked it, but and I'm just like, yeah, fuck that movie. I saw the uh, scene where she got in the machine and it cuts the thing out of her stomach and then stitches it back up and she's like crawling away. That was kind of cool, but it was a very specific scene that I saw on a very quick break. Wasn't it? It's it's visually interesting because it's Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott's one of the best of all time. It's just it's just piss poorly done. Like literally, there's like there's like literally. A halfway point in the movie where I knew the movie had peaks, like I could feel it. I'm just like, from this point, they're, they're not going to top this. So they can either start paying off like the mm-hmm. shit they've set up, mm-hmm. or they can literally just fucking just Wait. build this shit show that slides keeps sliding down the hill. Is Michael it Fassbender in this one? Yes, Michael Fassbender is the only good part of Prometheus, I would say. Yeah, because I, I was going to say I knew it was in that. Okay, so what? So hit, I, again, I haven't seen the end of Prometheus. Is it? The same character carried over? Yes. Okay. Because basically Prometheus, because that was the whole thing, is like, Damon Lindelof was like, 
It's like, oh, no, we're not going to do one movie. We're going to, like, fucking do a trilogy, like, blah, blah. And he's like, I was like, that's not satisfying, you asshole. Like, he's like, you didn't give me anything, and you don't know they're going to make more. So why would you not pay off anything you've done up to this point? Yeah. But, yeah, so it ends with them, like, uh, David and uh, the girl. Uh, I forget her name right now. Um, the girl from Dragon Tattoo. Um, flying off into space to find the creators. And um, the best part of this movie is, like, they literally fucking, like, they don't, it's not that they just, like, abandon that plot point, but A, it takes them a while to get there, and B, once they get there, it's very much just kind of dealt with kind of quickly, and it's kind of, it's just like, yeah, that was the thing that happened. Never mind, this is the thing that's happening now. Like The creators are those weird white guys that you see in the Prometheus, right? Yeah, they created the xenomorphs, the aliens. Um you could argue they possibly also created humanity. Like you could, you could argue they created everything. Basically, like, so yeah. So like this one, like, so Covenant, it's like it's this weird. Like it's, it's kind of because the whole thing that I think I've talked to you about before, where like, a lot of people classify Alien as science fiction, and it's not science fiction. It's gothic horror. Mm-hmm. It's just answering the question of like, why the fuck don't they leave that house? It's mm-hmm. like, well, the house is in space. Mm-hmm. So what are they gonna do? This one like returns to that vibe, and it took me a while to like, grab it. Because, like, it was literally, like, it was, I want to say, like, in the second act that I was like, oh, we're back to gothic horror. I didn't even realize it. But, yes, they did it. Um, the only problem is, like, the very end of this movie, it's like most of it he's, like, Ridley Scott's like, okay, so basically we're doing, like, Alien, but just kind of more kind of gory and scary and, like, basically an updated version. And then the very end is like, nope, fuck it. We're doing Aliens. And then there's, like, literally, like, a lot of shit starts to happen. I'm just like, what What the fuck just happened? Like, what the... What, no, what? Slow down. Slow down, Ridley. Jesus. You're going uh, too fast. You're going way too fast. Take it slow, baby. Shh. Ridley, like, you're going to blow your load. <laughs> Ease me into this, okay? It's like it's like a first-time butt sex experience. You got to start with some play. Take a long time, longer than you think. It's not just, like, only a minute or two. You got to take at least 10 minutes. Gentle progression. Not straight to the end. When you think you're there, you're not there. Take another 10 minutes to really get me where we need to go. Then we'll try it. Then we'll try it. If it's not ready, it's not ready. You can't push this. Just take your time. Take, oh, now it's ready. There you go. Aren't we all happy we made it here together? Kind of like that, right? Like, that's what you would think it'd be like, right? Kevin knows a lot about being fucked in the ass. But, uh, but yeah, I've done my research. Like, um, I was like, and I am... I mean, it's sloppy. It's never bad. Like, I, cause like, that's the thing. It's like Prometheus, like, it's well-constructed. It's just, I don't like it at all. Because, I mean, again, Ridley Scott's one of the greatest of all time. So, like, I don't think he's capable of doing outright crap. Like, it's he'll do things that aren't good, whatever. This one is much closer to being, like, the Ridley Scott I want. Mm-hmm. Although I do kind of wish he would just kind of do what he... I wish he would do with the Alien franchise mm-hmm. what he's doing with Blade Runner, where he was planning on directing the Blade Runner sequel, which, granted, I wish they weren't doing a Blade Runner sequel in general. But he was planning on directing it, and then eventually he just, like, stepped back. And he's like, I'm just going to produce it and let Dennis Villeneuve directed it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a much better call. Because it's better to have somebody who is still, like, kind of... Before they've peaked, if you will. Like, they're, they're, they're still, like, getting there. Mm-hmm. Than to have somebody who, like, thinks that they have it all figured out, and then you end up with Prometheus. Like, so it's like, that's the one thing. It's like, but I will say, I, Covenant is super fun. Is like it's basically this really fucking. It, it's probably like I mean I said to somebody I was just like better than Prometheus, better than Resurrection. I would say it's on par with the original cut of Alien Three. It's not even close to like the director's cut of Alien or the assembly cut of Alien Three. Yeah. Um, the assembly cut. Basically, what happened with Alien Three was basically like 
the first two Alien movies, they were all about, like, let's take this unknown writer, this unknown director, and let's let them see what they're going to do. And let's then, just like, wing it at this point. Well, I think the studios were just trusting. And then it was, like, by Alien 3, where you have – nobody knew at the time he would become what he became, but they had David fucking Fincher, and they, like, just stepped on his nuts at every turn. And so you end up with this kind of, like – it's not a terrible movie, but it's, like, it's a subpar product. But then, like, he had such a shitty experience on that movie, and he disowned it so much that, like, when they came, to, when it came time to, like, do that uh, alien box set, he was like, no, fuck you, I want no part of this. So they, instead of doing a director's cut, which they have for every other movie in the series, they have an assembly cut, which, if you know what an assembly is, it's, like, your first, like, basically, when you're done with a movie, the first thing the editors do is put together um, an assembly cut, uh-huh. which is basically, like, everything you shot, like, start to finish, and then from there you start paring down. Okay. Um, basically, it's um, it's the assembly cut. Basically, it's like it's like an un an unrefined version of Alien Three. It's basically like closer to what David Lynch or I'm sorry, uh, David Fincher intended, and um, it's a much better movie. Um, it makes it on par with the first two. Um, so yeah, I would say like basically Covenant is kind of the middle of the pack, but it's as far as like movies like it, it is super strong like it's like i can't think of another like like straight up like horror movie like monster movie that's been as fun in quite a long time like the gore is all the only thing that like, i told to justin like i kind of wish some of the shots where they used the cgi alien i was like why didn't they just use the fucking like just use a dude in a suit and puppets and shit like oh yeah yeah i know that like i know that like it's whatever but i'm just like because like, justin's like whatever i'm just like yeah, but it's just I don't know. It's like it's it's like it's if you're trying to like make, it's why like at the end of um, episode three, George Lucas had them in kind of like old school dress, um, because the, like old school haircuts, which actually kind of come back into fashion, but it was still a thing, mm-hmm. um, to kind of try to make it sync up with the start of the like the next trilogy, mm-hmm. and I was like, for this they really should have like been like going back towards like puppets and like uh people in suits and stuff and i'm like at this point if you watch it all in order you'll be like why are the effects so shitty all of a sudden like <laughs> what went and, wrong here yeah that's like, true. you're a kid watching it for the first time kind of so, like, like when they remade mad max and they were like we're gonna stick to trying to not use cgi as often i mean different uh visual effects obviously <laughs> different appeal but the same idea that we want to do it similar to the originals well, it's not even that. They didn't remake Mad Max. Mad Max Fury Road is, is Mad Max No, th- Yeah, that's not what I... I didn't mean remake. I just meant, you know, continued on, and instead of going CGI heavy, it's like 90% of all the effects were... were well, yeah, whenever you... I real. feel like that's the way it should be in general, where it's like, whenever you can do something practically, do it practically. Yeah. Like, CGI is great, but CGI should only be used for stuff that you can't do otherwise. Like... Fair enough. You clearly, you clearly can do that alien otherwise, because you did. Like, you made... Several films with a guy in a suit. So, like... Very effective, too. It's not like it... Because you can watch some old horror movies where it's suits and you're just kind of like, that looks kind of corny. But Alien stayed pretty uh, uh, convincing all the time. Yeah. Indeed. What's the thing is, like... So, yeah, like... That's really kind of my only grip is, like, the, the third act gets kind of sloppy because it's just, like, they're trying to do a lot. And, like, I wish they had used, like, dudes in suits and puppets. But, like, as a whole, I really like... Like, Michael Fassbender is amazing... And actually, it's uh, Billy Crudup. My oh, favorite performance yeah, uh, of Dr. Manhattan, right? Since Watchmen. Yeah. Because Watchmen, um, he's the only one that I felt like 
was actually like, and I don't mean to sound shitty, but like he was the only one I felt actually was well cast <laughs> because like in his, Covenant, not Manhattan, Watchmen, right? No, no, in Watchmen. No, in, in Watchmen, okay. Like because um, his Doctor Manhattan was actually better than I pictured in my head. Because in my head, reading Watchmen, I always pictured him almost being like a robot. Mm -hmm. The way that uh, Billy Crudup plays him is very much how I imagine, like, God. Where it's like, it's when you know everything and, like, you see everything going on all the time. And you're just trying to, like, kind of maintain a, like, connection to humanity. Mm -hmm. So you're just kind of, like, trying to be, like, soothing, even though you're actually terrifying people. Like, that's kind of, that's that's really perfect. Everybody else, I think, failed on some level or another from the mm -hmm. comic. Like. Uh -huh. But but um but as a whole like I was like Billy Crudup is like the one that I can say nothing negative about. I think the second thing. closest for me would be comedian. He was pretty close to what I wanted. He's close, but he's not what I wanted. Well, not perfect. Just, no, like, of course not. Like it's like all of them, like with the exception of uh uh Silk Spectre, are close, but they're just not what I picture. Yeah, actually, that's not true. Uh, Rorschach is not even close. Like yeah. that's the exact opposite. That's where we right? That's where we went different. I I really liked Rorschach. There's a few moments that I was like, he wouldn't be like that, but for the most part, I was very happy with Rorschach. I actively dislike him being a badass. Like I was just like, yeah. he's a sociopath. He's just pure, just empty. That, so I mean, I get what uh, you're saying by being a badass, but I don't think he's the way I saw it was not him being a badass because he's trying to be like obviously the way Zack Snyder played him off it looked like a badass but I didn't feel at any point in time Rorschach thought he was the shit no no no. I mean I do but I think Jackie Earl Haley was trying to play him as such we're just like we're just like every line just like I'm yeah. such and I was like I like no it should be just fucking like empty just no inflection just yeah fucking the only time you should have heard him like actually have inflection the very they final take off scene. the mask no when they take off the oh. mask and he's just like I would have had him hysterically, like his mm -hmm. voice cracking, like him just like losing his mind. Yeah. Give me back my face, not this like give me back my face. Like he's like Batman. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, the, the final scene where he's like crying when he kills him, I thought was good too. I didn't. Well, I didn't fine, mind that. But there's no. I mean, there's fine. not really any multiple ways to do that of, as yeah. far as the way the comics lined it up. But I'm just saying it worked for me. Yeah. Indeed. No, it's fine. I just. I don't. I don't. Know. It's just. I hold Watchmen in reverence in a place I hold even more so than the Bible. Yeah. So it's like, I just, I don't, I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. Are you but excited for the second, the the run, the continuation of the story? What, you mean Doomsday Clock? Yeah. Oh, dude, I've been excited for that since I did. So, so uh, do they, what is that? Well, I didn't, re I didn't okay. research at all. I saw the group chat and I was like, this is me, and then moved on. Basically, um, at the end of, uh, which you, if you haven't read it, you should. Uh, it's one of the best comics in the last several years. Um, the end of uh, Rebirth, the first issue of Rebirth, when they basically relaunched, well, re-relaunched the DC universe from uh, from New 52. Mm -hmm. The end of it has uh, Batman finding Comedian's bloodstained yeah. button in the uh, Batcave, and then they kind of pan back and pan back, and then you reveal it's the machinations of Dr. Manhattan. So basically the implication is that kind of uh, at least the, the Rebirth universe, but maybe for God knows how long, it's all but the machinations of Dr. Manhattan. And then um, they recently Like when did a he crossover. left home, when he left Earth to go do his own thing? Is that what you mean? I, do, I mean, yeah. Like, it's a. Okay. It, it, to me, it's all. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's. It's hard to say. I mean, in terms of, like, time, like, it's all, like, the fucking thing of, like. It's not necessarily linear, even though we perceive it to be. But so, he. Yeah, because he can live in any moment that he chooses to exactly. live in. Exactly. So, so I can't tell you exactly if it's, like, the end of Watchmen or if it's the middle of Watchmen. Like, it's. 
it's just Watchmen. That'd be it'd be but, cool if they did it at a time when he was when he was on Mars doing his own little shit. That way, all the characters are still alive. If you want to do some sort of little pull no, they probably are. I think they are going to do that. That's yeah. the whole thing. It's like it was kind of the one thing that wasn't touched. And even though I've had discussion with Cardinal, and I think actually you saw it in the group chat where I was just like, if because he's like the deal that Alan Moore made back in the day, and I'm just like, honestly, if he thought. The rights were going to come back to him. That he's yeah. a naive, naive man. Yeah. And Kevin's just like, well, what the fuck? He's just like, well, he had a personal issue. I'm like, if you trusted the major corporation, that's on you. Like, yeah. yeah. I was like, granted, it was before he was embittered, and granted, it's like it was the '80s. And it wasn't now, but I was like, I would still say if you trusted the major corporation, that fucked everybody. I mean, like, fucking Bill Finger died penniless. Siegel and Schuster almost died penniless. It was only because Neil Adams fought for them to get a byline. And credit on um, Superman that mm. like because originally they were doing like menial jobs like it was just it was horrible. Mm. That's the thing is like DC is just I mean it, they've always been about this kind of like I mean it's, it's corporations so it is what it is but like like squeezing the life out of people. So mm. like Alan Moore, if you thought you were getting the rights back, then you're a fucking crazy. Yeah, person. you ain't getting anything. Even worse so than I thought. But yeah, no. And then like, the whole thing is there was a crossover called The Button um, recently that ran in a uh, Flash and Batman. Where basically, like, um, it brings back uh, Thawne from uh, the Flash. But basically, it's more of a crossover with Flashpoint than it is with um, with um, Watchmen. Because, like, it still has... Because like, the end of uh, the Bane storyline, the last storyline, um, basically uh, had Bane using Psycho Pirate as... Um, essentially like almost anesthesia like he was just because he's the whole thing second pirate can kind of manipulate emotions and manipulate whatever yeah. he's the only character that remembers the crisis um so okay. i thought i thought it was brilliant because the way that um the book starts has uh basically uh the comedian's button uh interacting with uh psycho pirates uh mask and like that creates like this flash of lightning then uh thawne comes back and then um thawne gets killed by what I feel like the implication was the inference I took was it was Dr. Manhattan. Um, cause he says he saw God. Okay. I definitely think it's Dr. Manhattan. Um, but yeah. And then basically, uh, Batman and flash end up in the, uh, flashpoint universe where, um, Bruce Wayne, Batman meets Thomas Wayne, Batman. Um, they get lost in the speed force, um, end up finding Jay Garrick who hadn't been, uh, the Flash. The, the JSA hasn't been a thing since Rebirth. Or, I'm sorry, since uh, New 52. So, like, um, finds Jay Garrick implies that the rest of the JSA are probably still out there because it's Jeff Johns and he's always going to bring back the JSA. That's what he does. It's his favorite. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, they end up basically back. And then the book ends with uh, Dr. Manhattan. And the implication uh, is basically it leads, like, they have, like, the ad for Doomsday Clock in the back of it. And um, I. I would not be surprised if uh, they also involve Superboy Prime and kind of Jeff Johns ties. Who's Superboy as... Prime? Um, basically, if you read Infinite Crisis, um, which basically is the kind of the belated sequel to a 20 year uh, after sequel to Crisis on Infinite basically the whole thing in Crisis on, Infinite, Crisis on Infinite Earths was back in the day when DC had the multiverse, they were like, this is too complicated. So basically, uh, they wrote a story, a 12 issue, the first ever like maxi series, where they wrote a story. That kind of end, that ended with all of them being, all the Earths basically being combined to one Earth. Okay. And the only survivors were um, Superman of Earth Two, aka Golden Age Superman, his wife Lois Lane, 
um, Alexander Luther, uh, the good guy Luther from Earth Three, and Superboy Prime, who was the Superboy from the universe where there wasn't a Superman, he was a super, he was a Superboy, mm-hmm. and um, they did Infinite Crisis, where basically the implication is that basically like comics, it's it's kind of a meta thing on like comics getting too dark, where basically like um, they break out of the like little, it's not a prison, but like the little area they were in to kind of protect them. And then there's kind of the the revelation that like um, Alexander Luther has been secretly kind of doing stuff to like put together the multi bring back the multiverse, and super and basically every continuity thing is the dumbest fucking thing ever. Where it's Superboy Prime punching the wall, and every time that happens, it create, creates a continuity wave, and then basically like why why is Jason Todd back? Like blah blah. blah. Oh, it's just like a a, a cheat code to bring exactly. anyone they want. But uh, but Superboy Prime, the thing that was awesome was that it made him like the strongest villain, because it's it's I mean, he's just batshit fucking insane, mm-hmm. and has the power of Superman. So like basically he spends a good portion of the story just fucking killing people, and uh, the story ends with um, him being put in a prison uh, by the Green Lanterns and basically watched, which he does escape from during a different story. But like I feel like the implication is that they're gonna do um, re or um. Doomsday Clock is probably going to be uh, Superboy Prime being mixed in with the Watchmen characters, which will be awesome. Um, but I think this bring Jeff Johns probably bringing his whole comics thing kind of full mm-hmm. circle, just by virtue of the fact that like now that he's taken a more kind of hands-on role with, like DC films, like I think he's probably kind of like because I mean this year I think the only actual book he's written was Rebirth because he just he doesn't have the ability otherwise he's yeah. just, and he's writing this he's writing Doomsday Clock. But I feel like this might be kind of his last hurrah for at least a while. Just be like, and then he'll just focus on movies and. But I think he is focused on movies. I think that's why. Oh, okay. That was the thing, is um, he used to write like, uh, like four or five books a month, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, at one point when they did uh, Nuvity Two, uh, DC actually told him he could only write two books. They were like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, he whoa, was, sir. Even before the films, he was the chief creative officer. Yeah. He was basically the guy who was kind of like watching. Basically, he was kind of an editor slash um, writer. And they were like, we need you to focus. You can do two books. So whenever he would like jump off a book, like he would basically be jumping onto another one because he he was not allowed to do more than one at once. Yeah. So basically for a while, he was doing like Green Lantern and like Aquaman and like just – he he, he jumped around. But but yeah, now I feel like he's just literally at a point where he's the chief creative officer – and he's also the guy who's like essentially the the Feige of uh, the DC Cinematic Universe now. So I feel like at this point he literally doesn't have time to write anything. So like yeah. this is kind of his like last for off for at least in a while. And plus it's also it's the one thing that hasn't really been done because at this point like kind of everything in the DC Universe that can be done has been done. But like the Watchmen thing and that thing is like Kevin uh, Cardinal like has different feelings better than me. But um, I don't know. I I like the idea of it because I was just like, it does to me. It doesn't cheapen the ending because I mean, even though he's just like the power of the line of like nothing ever ends, he's like is just the fact that like you now have to kind of like let it resonate. And I was like, but it can still resonate just with the knowledge that like the story continues. Like the story was always continuing. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess the big thing for me would be in which direction it continues. Cause it sounds like, so if it's all made by Dr. Manhattan, if God is Dr. Manhattan for this doomsday clock thing, then it doesn't in, in zero ways 
does it relate to the original book other than the fact that it's using characters and whatnot? This is just Dr. Manhattan doing Dr. Manhattan-y things and creating these stories and all that stuff. So it depends on if they're like, oh, and now they're part of the the like the actual real Rorschach Night Owl and all that stuff, and they pull that in, then it kind of cheapens it. But th if this is all like a, a nice tie-in with Dr. Manhattan, then I guess for it d doesn't at all. That's the thing. For me, it doesn't cheapen it at all because it's just like a matter of like, why can't they exist? Like, like what like what i see the I, I see why you wouldn't really need them to because i mean you kind of seen where all their stories end but i was mm -hmm. just like at the same time like i'm not opposed to seeing like a batman um rorschach team up like i'm not opposed batman to like Night Owl. well that one i feel like is kind of too easy yeah i like um, it um but uh but that thing is i was just like to me like, if you just kind of incorporate, you finally fold in the Watchmen characters, I was just like, I don't see what's wrong with that. Like, I was just like, I don't, I mean, I, it could be terrible and it could blow up in a shitty direction, but, like, it also could be awesome. And that's the whole thing is, like, I get that, like, the original book is, like, sacred because I hold it sacred. But I was, like, at the same time, like, even what they're doing now, it doesn't, in any way, to me, like, it, the, the book as it exists still exists. It's not like they're fucking, like, gonna, like, suddenly add all this extra shit to the book. The it, book's still the book. Yeah, they're not gonna change that storyline at all. They're not gonna be like, oh, but did you know in the background that Batman was doing this? And it's like, no, that's not what they're doing well, at all. Like, it, it's just like what they did before Watchmen, like, which wasn't yeah. good, but I was never, like, angry at because I'm just like, whatever, like, it's... It's, it, it's, it, it, it doesn't affect the book as it exists so like, yeah, yeah, do what the yeah. fuck you want like yeah, it doesn't change it in any ways i didn't mind before watchmen i have like i have two of them so i have four of the characters i don't remember which i know i have comedian and i think i have that's the Dr. Manhattan. that's but... the problem though is that like that you you just stumbled on exactly the problem is i also don't that's thing, and i don't remember at all and you shouldn't yeah. have that like that's like, yeah like, oh of course yeah. no story should ever be like it's just like, what happened to that story? It's just like the whole thing that uh, Bendis had said once, where he was talking about um, Daredevil 181, and he was just, he was just like, I, he's like, I used to work in a comic book store, and people would like, in like the 90s, kind of come in and be like, do I already have this? And he's just like, if I slap you across the face and take five bucks from you, you'll remember that. Yeah. So it's like, he's just like, he's like, when I read Daredevil 181, when Bullseye Kills Electra, like, I threw the comic across the room. I was so shocked. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, you should have that, like, constantly. And that's the whole thing. It's like, the problem with before Watchmen is, like, they were so fucking afraid to fuck with it that, like, they just didn't do anything with it. It, just, it was just so middle of the road. It was very vanilla, yeah. They were just like, ah, oh, no, no shock in all this time. Exactly. So I'm just like, I'd rather, like, they did something big this time just by virtue of the fact that, like, hopefully it'll be something that's actually, like, mean something yeah because that was the problem is like if you're if you're at least going to take on the sacred cow like at least make it mean something like mm -hmm. if you're like it's like don't just fucking don't have it happen in vain like don't just keep using the watchman thing to like boost sales like do it to do something with it like because mm -hmm. that's the thing is like and i also heard a rumor that they're gonna make like dark Knight returns finally canon and like i was like that's like, honestly if you do the multiverse i feel like they already all are canon in some way or other yeah you'll find it somewhere it's like rick and morty style there's an a yeah. possible eventuality in every single universe but exactly so that's my whole crazy. thing i just thought of a really good batman story all right remember that batman story where where that i was pitching where batman 
uh, finally completes his job of locking up all the villains for good. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I still want to do the one where he dies at the end, but that's not what I'm going to do here. What if Batman decides he he doesn't go evil, but he decides to test himself in the ultimate way. He discovers he builds his own portal to the multiverse and challenges other Batmans. So he goes into all these other multiverses as like, not to beat them, not to be the bad guy and destroy their cities, literally in like a very professional like, oh, hey, Bruce Wayne, I'm Bruce Wayne. Would you like to have a fist fight? And they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, because I'm better than you. And he's like, what do you mean you're better than me? I am me. He's, and he's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm the me better than you me is. And he's like, well, let's do this then. So Batman goes around challenging Batmans, but Batman never beats Batman. But Batman never loses to Batman because Batman can't be beaten, but he also always wins. So he's always fighting his equal. Well, I guess you can't do always because in the multiverse, certain ones would have certain um, like advantages or disadvantages. Well, I was but saying, da- if you're using like, the goddamn Batman from uh, Frank Miller's run, he would just be had no problem just killing people and driving around in a fucking tank. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's just all these Batmans fighting all these Batmans to an exact standstill. Now, I don't know how I'd end this series up, but I think that'd be... Pre- It'd be like Jet Li's The One. Remember that shitty movie? It'd be like that, where there's the evil one going around killing him, but he's just fighting. It's not evil. This is purely in the respect of challenging himself in the most ultimate way. But you could do fun things where like, he goes to this one Batman's universe and he's fighting him. And again, they're both Batman, so it's a standstill. But then you've got two awesome equal Batmans fighting one super evil villain just because at that time when he showed up, some shit went down. That'd be pretty neat. What thing is like, um, there was like a fucking story. I can't remember what crossover it tied in with, mm-hmm. um, but there was a thing where they basically had like different versions of different characters like fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. It's gonna drive me nuts. Uh, I remember they had like it was like Red Rain Batman versus like something else and all this bullshit. I can't remember what story it tied into, but yeah, I was just like, I don't know. It's kind of like. I don't think Bruce would ever do that, by virtue of the fact that, like... Hey, 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 remember what you told me about killing vampires? You can do it any way you want, and this is my Batman. I know, I'm just giving you my opinion. Like, Bruce is so, like, he doesn't really think, like, he he does occasionally think globally, like, if you look at, like, um, like Batman Inc. and stuff. But, like, Mm -hmm. most of the time, he's very kind of, like, it's it's really, the thing about globally... It's basically, yeah, it's always yeah. kind of how it's going to affect Gotham. So I feel like he wouldn't step away even to, like, challenge himself just by virtue of the fact that he is, like, he's, like, I'd be wasting time. But he's already, compl- yeah. he's he's perfected Gotham in this story, though. He already won. Yeah, but, I don't, but I'm saying, like, can you ever really perfect anything? Like In yeah, my you story. Took out, <laughs> you, t- you took out all the bad guys, but, like, isn't there always, like, that's the whole thing is, like, the whole way that, uh, like Sinestro basically enslaved Korrigar mm-hmm. um, in the name of order. Like, mm-hmm. the, I feel like the natural extension of that would basically be like pure fascist Batman, which is interesting. But like, so maybe that's what. Okay, so then we tie our ideas together in that. So he he gets rid of all the supervillains, but there's still low level villains that are too easy for him. So he decides to challenge himself in this way of going to fight other Batmans, and he realizes through all these standstills that. Batman is the best. You are your perfect equal. No one's better than you. So he comes back and goes full fascist Batman on everybody. And he's like, listen, I've proven it to myself. And now I'm going to show all you mofos. This is my town. And he just he just takes it over. 
And it also kind of reminds me of um, when they did the Council of Reeds and uh, Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run. <laughs> like the Council of Ricks, but with well, Reed Richards? This was like 10 years before fucking uh, Rick and Morty even existed. Yeah. <laughs> Where basically it was like basically Reed builds like basically a portal to kind of find. And they all, basically there's a Council of Reeds. And basically you like, they all kind of talk over whatever. And I'm just like, I always thought it was a really cool idea. Yeah, that'd but, uh, be fun. We should do more of that. And I would do a direct quote where Batman and Batman both fight each other uh, to a standstill, and then then this guy shows up, this bad guy, like some normal thug, and the one Batman, whichever one you want, beats the other Batman, and then you do a direct quote where he's like, hey, you know, they're fighting about how I would have got there first if not, because they're both smug bitches. And then he goes, fuck me, pal. And then the other Batman goes, fuck you. No, 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 no. Fuck me, buddy. Because that's what they do in Rick and Morty. Oh, Jesus. It'd be wonderful. Would it? <laughs> yeah, I think it would. I think I think I need to be in charge of the next Batman story because I've got so many great Batman ideas. I mean, we, we all have dreams. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say you, sh- you should supplant uh, Tom King because Tom King's finally hitting his... That thing is funny. Like, Tom King, I used to think was overrated as fuck. Mm-hmm. And then um, I read his vision book and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And... Um, I read his, because uh, basically, like, his first Batman arc, I don't like at all. Uh, the Gotham one, like, I Am Gotham. Yeah. I think it's just really mediocre. But uh, the second arc, uh, I Am Suicide, and then the third arc, uh, I Am Bane, I thought were fucking phenomenal. So I was just like, okay, so when he's not creating his own shit, when he's playing the sandbox, I think he's way better. Um, but yeah, like so that's like the whole thing is I was like at this point I would like I'd like to see Tom King especially because like the newest issue where it was uh I think it's called The Brave and the Mold, where it was uh Batman team up with Swamp Thing. And I was just like I would like to see Tom King write Swamp Thing just because like he did a really brilliant job. That would be neat. Hey, did I, I tell mean, you sorry, I just I I got an email and I'm just checking it. Did I tell you I got a new job? No, what? <laughs> yeah, dude, I got a job at EB, that uh, the manufacturing plant on here I was telling you about. I'm going to be designing submarines. I don't for have the U.S. Navy to do this. Yeah, yeah, I got I got a job as a structural design. Basically, uh, I work on CAD and design portions of a submarine. So they'll ask for this piece of this frame, or the it, it literally could be something as small as an outlet socket that I have to design, or it could be something as big as like the left half, like it. obviously at first it's going to start very small you know you don't just give a newbie the big things but as time goes on you get cooler cooler like the structural pieces so anyways yeah i got that job i don't start for a long time there's like i have to get um clearance from the department of defense like i i literally get clearance so that if i ever went to washington dc there's places i could go into like with my clearance so um i have to get clearance through that i have to take some training course in july this like state funded like uh, trade skill course I have to take and shit. So I don't start for a while, but it's a union job, offers amazing benefits, and I get a lot more money than I make now. So I'm really excited about that. And I didn't, I, I didn't know I didn't tell you. I got the, it's amazing. You're going to be the most terrifying thing to happen in the U.S. Navy since Tommy Lee Jones's character in Under Siege. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But I, uh, no, it's, it's like, there's a lot of things like that health insurance, for example, right now we're paying 400 bucks a month just for health insurance. Then we have to pay 300 bucks a month for her sensors. Uh, cause she has to get five every month cause they're six day things. Uh, then we have to pay $40 per copay. Whenever we go to the doctors that varies to one to two times a month. Then we have to pay the deductible, which is 50 bucks on all of her insulin refills, which is once a month and her 
test strip refills, which is once a month. So we're a little over a thousand bucks a month overall for her insurance. That's immediately gone when I get this job uh, because insurance is, it's X amount a month out of my paycheck, but I'll be making more than I'm making at Best Buy now. So it's like the amount that I'll be making more cut out by insurance and I'll still be making more than Best Buy. So we're actually going up in that respect. All of her testing strips and insulin is free because of the plan. They have an on-site pharmacy for the naval base. And obviously being that we're government employees, we get to access it. Um, where all of her diabetic supplies, as far as that go, are free. The sensors won't be free, but it'll be a lot cheaper than the $300 copay we're paying right now. Oh, man. I don't even care if they pay me $2 a week. I will do this job just for the benefits that I get for Franny. Because right now, her health is uneasy because of how this is going. So I'm, I'm, oh, I'm so excited. Fine, I'll murder Franny. <laughs> That's all it'll take. I get guaranteed raises every four months for the first like uh, two years. Then I get guaranteed raises every year. Um, I get like 80 hours vacation time every year. It's just so much shit. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And the one silver lining to the asshat that is Trump is he ordered 60 submarines within the next eight years, which is more than double what they usually do. So I And it's a union job, so there is layoffs. Guaranteed work and a lot of it. For quite a while <clears throat> i mean fair enough i mean i'm terrified by the prospect of a you designing like military equipment and b yep. the amount of military equipment that is currently being manufactured yep it's gonna be cool <laughs> no so, it's not. <laughs> anyways got that job but uh if I, i'm sorry i cut you off if i made you lose your train of thought i got a few things here i've been writing down that i want to bring up so no i was gonna say i've been playing injustice too so yeah, oh how is it oh everybody seems to love it um blessing is like it's weird in the sense that like um i feel like they made it like more like because in the first one like you had your bruisers but it was like there was like a handful of them and then there was people who were like it was kind of more mixed i was like, i feel like this one has way more bruisers than they used to have mm-hmm. like you had like like swamp thing is kind of like replacing uh doomsday in a lot of ways they kind of shrunk down bane so i guess he's not really like that but like i don't know it's like it feels less balanced than it used to but I do really like it a lot, and the storyline is really cool. Is um, Flash's ultimate as cool as it sounds, where he travels through time and throws you at stuff? Oh, yeah. All of the special moves, they've always been awesome. And um, somebody said, and I actually agree, that it was like the best um, facial acting in any video game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I disagree. Was that Somebody was saying it's the best DC movie ever, like in the sense <laughs> that I was like, I was like, suck a dick. Like, <laughs> it just like... It just like yeah, this is better than The Dark Knight. Oh wait, no, it's not. Suck a dick. Like, That's awesome. People are all now just like because they don't like the most recent ones. It's just like it's the best DC uh, fucking movie ever. Like no, it's not. The Donner, the first two Donner Supermans are amazing. I consider the entire fucking Nolan trilogy amazing. Yeah, Bat- Batman Returns is amazing. Like there's there's a lot of fucking really fucking good ones. So like just because you don't like the most current ones doesn't mean <laughs> that everything gets just completely exist. negated and wiped out. Um, no, yeah, I, like, I, I do, do really want to play it. it. I want to play it a lot. I'm really excited about it, but it'll be a while. I'm saving up for a lot of trips. We're going to Las Vegas in August, and we're going to Florida to <sighs> Disney in January, and we're going we don't know where yet for our anniversary next month, so I, got, I can't go spending all this cash flow. I mean, you should just because we can play together, but that's that's fine. That's true. We have other games. I'll get it eventually. Maybe I'll ask for it for like a, a gift or something. And currently, uh, at least as of a couple days ago, Titanfall 2 is only like 25 bucks at work. Ooh, so. that's not bad. Yeah. All right, so here's my uh, first question. Hey, did you see the trailer for Black Lightning? 
Yes. It looks, I thought it looked awesome. It looks awesome, but I just don't understand why they're doing another show where they're like, it's not in the like, quote unquote, Arrowverse. Why do they call it that? Just because Arrow was first? Yeah. That's lame. But anyways. And um, like the only thing that bothers me about it, because I'm like, then you end up with like the Supergirl thing where it's like, you can't, you only use Supergirl for crossovers. Like, I'm just like, can't we just fucking just do what the fuck we're doing? Like, it's like everybody's favorite episodes of those fucking shows when they do the crossovers. Yeah. Just fucking just let it be part of it. Like, yeah. why is that Plus, so much Plus, I, I read that they're filming uh, this in Atlanta, not Vancouver. So, like, just that part alone of getting everybody together is not quite as easy. And they're filming it, like, it premieres uh, mid-season, they called it. So, like, it'll be going on when everything's off show. And I'm sure you'll be able to get one or two cameos in the future. But for now, yeah, it's a standalone. Is this character, like, a long-term DC character? Is he awesome? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say awesome, but um, they used him. Uh, he was part of Brad Meltzer's Justice League. Like, he's existed since the 70s. Oh, okay. There was a weird thing in the 70s where, like, and I, this is, like, it, this actually is horribly racist, um, where it's, like, it's, like, well, there's a lot more black people in the world. We should represent them. Yeah. And it just, like, it wasn't even necessarily, like, I mean, I'm sure it was, like, it was coming from a good place, even though it actually probably was. It was probably a fucking, like, well, we want their money, too. But, yeah. um, but, like, the characters that have survived since are beloved. Cause I mean, it's like, you basically have like the, the 70s brought us uh, Luke Cage, Black Lightning and uh, Black Panther. Um, all of which are awesome. Yeah. Um, like Vixen, like there's, I mean, there's, there's, like, that's the thing is, but, but that's the thing I always think is funny whenever it's like, whenever like now, like when they're just making like gay characters for the sake of it or like gayifying characters, I'm like, I guess, but I'm like, what the, f-? like, it's like, shouldn't you just organically, decide? like, like um, I think the most perfect example of that is like, um, Alan Heinberg, when he did Young Avengers, um, Alan Heinberg is a gay man, and um, he used, he created uh, Hulkling and Wiccan, and they are not immediately presented as gay, yeah. like, it takes a minute to get there. And, like, everything they do feels organic and real and earned. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, there was a big fucking period in, like, the early 2000s. Iceman. Really... No, no, the, the Iceman thing is whatever. Um, that's Bendis' thing. But, like, the thing that bothered me was, um, like, Alan Scott, like, when they did um, New 52, who just was all of a sudden gay. I was like, what? Like, yeah. you couldn't just create a gay character? You had to just make a fucking, like, character that existed for, like longer than I've been alive, gay. Like, that was really, that's all you could do. And, like, um, when they had uh, Northstar uh, get married, this random dude, um, and I was, it's just for Marvel to get headlines. So I'm just like, if you had had Wicked and Hulkling get married, I'd be like, they're kind of young, but it would make sense to me because their relationship feels real. Yeah. Like, the problem is, like, they were just kind of, everybody was kind of jumping on the bandwagon of trying to like make things more inclusionary, but I'm like, that's you're kind of. It's almost like the reason I don't really like the idea of a hate crime is because I'm like, because you're still causing divisions. Like you're still saying like this person is different than this person. Like yeah. when somebody being gay, somebody being black, somebody being Hispanic, like whatever they are, is just part of what they are. Like, that, that, that's not, that doesn't really affect their personality per se. Mm-hmm. It just like affects an aspect of who they are as a human being. So I was I always think it's weird like when like that is what a character's purpose for existence is. Yeah. And like that's like the whole thing with Black Lightning. It's like 
the reason his name is Black Lightning is because he's black. <laughs> like, yeah. that's why. And I was like, that's so fucked up. But, like, I get that there's probably kids growing up who, like, that was something for them. But I'm yeah. just like, it's it just sucks that that's all you have is, like, kind of characters that exist to try to, like, essentially to try to grab money. Like, basically it's a money grab. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I do like the character. The character is fine with me. It's just it's a weird fucking thing where it's just like characters that exist for like the sake of something other than just like I wanted to like I'm a writer and I thought this character would do this over yeah. there. I mean that always weirds me out. But like So what you're saying is do don't like, make new Batman stories, just create my own comic book character. Got it. Well no, it, <laughs> no, I mean that thing is like it's just like the whole thing of like now I think the reason that you see a lot of um writers they kind of they come from creator owned mm-hmm. and then start writing like the big guns at Marvel and DC and then sooner or later they go back to creator owned like Matt Fraction and Rick Remender and Rubaker all those guys mm-hmm. because I think at a certain point you kind of like I feel like when you're first starting to write comics you're just so desperate to like, get your hands on these big guns that you're just like it's like well fuck like, I gotta write Captain America but at a certain point you're like I can only write Captain America for so long, and that's awesome that you kind of put your stamp on it. But it's like, at a certain point, I feel like it becomes really unfulfilling. It's like a dog chasing a car, and you finally bite a hold of that bumper. Exactly. It's just like, at a certain point, you just kind of want to, like, do something that's yours. Like, and where you're in complete control of it, and you don't have to ask anybody. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not beholden to editors or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, like... I think it looks awesome. What? Black Lightning. Black Lightning. I'm really excited oh, no. about it. Yeah. I no, I mean, I'm stoked for it, but it's just like I just I don't know. It's like it looked like um it looked like Arrow's level of grittiness though. They're gonna try to do it first, which is what I always think is funny. Like when it's just like gritty superheroes. I'm just like yeah, something that works for Batman doesn't need to be the thing for everything. Yeah, but whatever, that's fine. Like that, that, what they did. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that's the only thing I really pulled away from the trailer was I was just like wow this seems. Like, what could be, you know, oh, a father and his two daughters. Oh, they're getting superpowers. This could be so much fun. Oh, my God, it's just murder. Oh, it's just murder everywhere. But that was like the whole thing with Man of Steel where I was just like, I was like, well, the first time I watched it, I'm like, how do you make Superman dark? Mm-hmm. And then I watched it again. I'm like, oh, they didn't make Superman dark. They just made everything around him dark. So you kind of, that gets kind of colored in. Yeah. But I was just like, why must everything be, like, dark and gritty? Like, I don't need a dark and gritty Green Lantern or a dark and gritty, like, Superman. Like, True. Or Spider-Man. Can you imagine, like, a, a neo-noir Spider-Man? Well, they did a comic yeah, they game that. like that. But, no, can you imagine, like, in the MCU, if they turned him into, like, an angsty teen and he was just, like, ready to avenge Uncle Ben and shit and you were like, oh, okay. That's a little much. A little intense. I mean, you could argue that that's kind of amazing Spider-Man. But, like... yeah. I, and I do like those movies. So, like, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Thing, like, I mean, I, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, shit on Black Lightning. I mean, I definitely think it'll be good, especially because, I mean, like, at this point, it's, like, everybody knows that you kind of have to do the best possible job at all times. Because mm-hmm. like, otherwise you piss people off. And once you pissed off your core audience, then you lose basically a massive portion of your viewership. Yeah. But it's just, like, I was, like... My my big problem with this was just, just like why why just make it the fucking Arrowverse like that, that whole thing is like yeah. when they like I get why they did it with Supergirl because Supergirl they already established as being because it was CBS it was a completely different thing, mm-hmm. but I was just like this like you're doing it on the same network like just just in fucking the time do slot it. with everything else yeah. too like 
All right, what about American Gods? Have you seen that yet? I'm at this point just waiting because it's only eight episodes. Yeah. So I'm just going to like – I actually – I have every episode so far downloaded. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like Legion where like, I'm just going to wait till I have it all and I can just and watch, watch it. it. I, I, I haven't seen it yet. We'll talk about it when we do watch it in about a month then I think is when it will be or a little more than a month it will be done. Uh uh, I've just read one review about the scene. So the opening of the... I remember reading it in the book and not understanding what the hell was going on. I guess this, the scene they shot for the very first episode, the opening thing is the guy making love to the woman and she just envelops around him and he just disappears inside of her vagine. And I was like... So when the show started coming out, there's certain scenes like that one. There's the one with the... um Imphir or what the hell are those things called? The taxi driver with the fire in his eyes. I don't uh, show about Yeah. I'm, I'm like curious how they're going to do that whole scene. Like... But it sounds like they're sticking very close to the book. It already got renewed for a season two. It's supposed to be pretty graphic, but also well acted. I'm I'm just excited, so I wanted to know if you'd seen it. But we'll talk about that in a future episode. I'm excited about that. What's the thing is like I mean, pretty much whenever Brian Fuller does anything, it's awesome. Um, so like I know it's gonna be awesome. What else has he done? Um, most recently Hannibal, which is Oh, okay, yeah, that's got I don't know why they canceled that, but yeah. Well that's the thing, like I've said before, I told tell you something the other day where I was just like I have never liked the um, like the most popular um, Hannibal Lecter films, like uh, yeah. Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and like Hannibal Rising. I've never been a fan. And Red Dragon. Um, the one that I really liked was uh, Manhunter, which they did in the 80s. Michael Mann did in the 80s. And I thought it was amazing. And nobody remembers it. Um, and then apparently Brian Fuller does, because when he did the Hannibal TV show, it's basically just doing Manhunter as a TV show. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is, yes, this. I was just like, because I remember, because um, I saw Sound Slams when it first came out when I was a kid. And I was just oh, like. so good. I don't agree. I, I know, I know. We went to uh, Insomnia together, I, yeah. I remember. It was That's the one time that I fell asleep with insomnia. Like, you would talk to me like, what? What? I'm perfectly cogent. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I don't know why I put that movie where I do, but it's it's just my favorite horror movie of all time. No, like, a lot of people do. And I'm like, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's the kind of thing with, with that movie. And, like, is like, like, I can look at it and know it's phenomenally well made. Like, it's mm-hmm. technically extremely sound. It's very beautiful to look at. But I was like, I just don't feel anything when I'm watching it. Like, I don't connect yeah. with it. So it's like, that's the whole thing. It's like, Boraz, like... Um, the fucking the tv show it's like it's exactly because I, I think it's funny i saw it when it first came out and i was like whatever and then like um when i was in high school i read the book uh sounds the lambs and i was just like oh man, like, i'm gonna rewatch the movie and i'm just like nope this still sucks this yeah. still doesn't work the book me. is amazing though the book I, yeah I, oh god and then, as i was saying like so then like once i uh once i saw like manhunter and then saw like the hannibal tv show i'm like okay this is what i picture in my head yeah like, which is to say, like, I, I don't think those movies, well, that's not true. I don't think Sounds of Lambs is bad. I think yeah. Red Dragon and Hannibal are pieces of shit, but... Yeah, I get that. Red Dragon I, I enjoyed, but Hannibal I don't even remember at all. Kind of like you talked about earlier, I just don't remember it, so... Well, the thing with Hannibal is, um, I don't know how the fuck you have a script from David fucking Mamet and Stephen Zalian, directed by Ridley fucking Scott, starring Anthony Hopkins and Julianne Moore and Ray Liotta... And it's bullshit. It's a piece of crap. <laughs> it's just like that seems. It's too much good. It's like it's like mixing spaghetti and chocolate. It's like two wonderful things, but no, it just didn't work for some reason. This t- actually dessert spaghetti is really good, but you don't have the marinara sauce there. I think that's the key point. Basically, what I'm saying is get rid of Ray Liotta, and it would have been wonderful. No, no, I'm just, just fucking with you. It's just for the sake of saying that. Well, I thing though, like my only thing is like I think the main problem with it was like when they were trying to do it. 
it was trying to please people who didn't even do the fucking movie. Yeah. It was like basically like uh, Ted Talley, the writer of Silent Slam, didn't want to do certain things from the book, and Jonathan Debbie didn't want to do certain things from the book, and fucking uh, Jodie Foster didn't want to do certain things from the book. Mm. And then none of them did the fucking movie anyway, but you still ended up with this product. I'm just yeah. like and that's why you have a bullshit product because you were like fucking you kept moving forward when you should have just fucking halted the brakes yeah because that way the whole thing with like spider-man 3 and spider-man 4 was it like um the reason spider-man 3 is not the strongest spider-man movie uh is because basically it was a lot of shit that was pushed on sam raimi mm-hmm. like where it's like he didn't want to use venom like black suit and that's why all that shit doesn't work because it was just like he didn't want to use it and then like that's why he was going to do Spider-Man 4, and he was like, I'm finally going to, like, I'm going to basically make up for Spider-Man 3. And then the studio was, like, pushing shit down his throat. He's like, I'm done. I was like, I'm out. He's yeah. like, I'm not making two bad Spider-Man movies, like, yeah. which I respect. Although, the thing that's funny is, uh, did you see the news the other day that uh, the frontrunners direct the Flash movie are Matthew Vaughn, yeah. who directed uh, Kingsman and X-Men First Class and Layer Cake and, like, a bunch of awesome movies. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, who directed fucking Back to the Future and shit like that. Yeah. And Sam Raimi. I was just like, any one of those three, and I'm happy. Because originally yeah. I was really pissed. Like when they, when um, the guy who directed Dope, I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not gonna try. Um, because I love Dope. Dope was one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, when he jumped off of the movie, I was just like, well, now this is fucked. And then um, when they like you said the other day, they were just like, it's gonna be either Zemeckis, Vaughn, or Ramy. I'm like. I'll take it. What? I was like, that's a massive step up, actually. All there right, was. I keep getting these Google Now things because people have uh, been asking Kevin Smith for some ungodly reason why he would, if he'd be interested. And there, and he's constantly going like, yeah, I would love to direct Flash. That would be a good time. I'd do that. So this one article that popped up was like, Kevin Smith shows interest in directing Flash. No one's asking him to. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's wonderful. I'm certainly not. Like, I, I mean, yeah, it, you know, we've talked <laughs> about him a thousand times, but that's not his movie. It's just not his movie. Yeah, no. And, like, especially, like, he's so far past his prime that he's actually, like, makes me sad. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I still, like, Kevin Smith is a human being. I still think is awesome, and I will always respect. But his directorial work his, has been his less early than stellar. Work. Yeah. But, no, um, I just thought, I always made that was funny. But, all right, let's move on. Uh, last thing uh, before we play our games. I bought Chelsea for Christmas, or for Christmas, for her birthday, which was two days ago. I bought her, uh, I went to the comic book store, and I found Gwenpool. Have you seen that or know anything about it? Is it cool? Yeah. I've never read the comic itself, but she showed up in Champions, and I like Champions. Okay. I thought it was hilarious. It was was five issues in a sleeve for five bucks, and I was like, yeah, that's a fun little add-on to her gift. So I bought, uh, there's like a Christmas uh, edition, and then one through four of one of her runs. So it's what, Gwen Stacy as Deadpool, kind of like Gwen, like uh, Spider-Gwen? I mean, yeah, I think it's like a multiversal thing. Okay. Um, but that's the thing is like I've said before I was just like I never really gave a shit about Deadpool until the movie and even then I really care about the movie more than I care about the actual yeah. like I like him as a guest star and actually I will say I read um, this winter I read the entire uh, Duggan and Posehn run mm-hmm. um, and then the beginning of Duggan's current run everything was on Marvel Limited and I really liked it it was it's really cool but I'm just like I can only handle so much at a time yeah like, I, 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 I almost I was gonna go back and like read Joe Kelly's and I'm just like 
I'm good at Deadpool for a while. Cause then yeah. I was thinking, it's like, I was always like, people really love Deadpool and I'm, I'm glad that they have something they're that passionate about, but I'm like, I never fucking like, it was yeah. never my thing. The movie was through the roof for me. I mean, we've talked about it a thousand times. God, it's one of my favorite oh, horror movie. movies, but I, I haven't bought onto the comics either. I've read a little bit here and there, some random ones, like obviously Deadpool kills the Marvel universe is pretty fun. Um, you have a random bunch of one-offs in your comicsology I've read and, yeah, the comics not quite pick me up as much, but I just thought Gwenpool looked hilarious, and I, th- I hope Chelsea likes it. I told her to let me know when she read it, and honestly, I bought it more for Rory than I did for Chelsea, so that when Rory grows up, uh, her daughter, and uh, when when she grows up, because she's only a month old now, that you know I will be the captain who brings her comics, and that's my goal in life, and I'm gonna do it, and you can't stop me because you don't no, live no, near she- us. You should bring her comics. You just can't call yourself the captain. I'm not calling myself captain. She's calling me the captain. You've given yourself a nickname, which is like no, the cardinal sin I've of the world. I've given myself a not Uncle Kevin name to her, and it's perfect. You're fucking you're just misguided and wrong. That's no, fine. I'm not. You're wrong. We'll we'll put a poll on the internet that only Jeff will respond to, and he's gonna <laughs> vote for me being the captain, and it will definitively be one zero. Kevin wins. Anyways, we are not here to argue. Let's finish our game. But my Google Notes still won't open, and it's pissing me off, so I have to do it on my phone. So, who's who? See what I did there? I called it the right thing this time. I did it. I did it this time. Yeah. Took a lot of focus. All right, who's who? As we talked about before, you know what's coming. Holden and Banky from Chasing Amy. I mean, I'm definitely the more emo one, so I'm probably Holden. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're more of the... uh... I have, like been in relationships that I knew were terrible ideas while I was in them, but just mm-hmm. like thought that I could make it work. Yeah. So really like, I mean, my tone and inflection is very like Banky esque. That That's what I was going to say. You're blunt, not, not dumb like him, but your blunt uh, demeanor is very Banky. Well, that was the thing that's funny is like uh, my first girlfriend, when she saw Mallrats the first time, she like, like saw Brody and she's like, it's fucking you. And I'm just like, but that's a chicken and the egg argument. Like, whereas <laughs> I was like, would I have been like that if I had discovered like Kevin Smith at the same age? Or like, I, I couldn't say. Like my favorite but thing I, in Mallrats is when he's yell- he keeps just cursing out that kid on the elevator for sitting down. That was like, and that's like something Patrick would do. I was like, if some guy's being an asshole at a movie theater, that kid is back. On the <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like if someone at a movie theater is doing something that's not supposed to be happening, I feel like that's your monologue. That's your yelling at that person. It's perfect. <laughs> Oh, that thing is like there was one time we were at uh it was like when Kevin Cardinal and I were at Green Room, there was like this older lady like two or three seats down from me who kept pulling out her phone. Mm-hmm. I literally was just like, put it the fuck away, please. And then like she was like, oh I'm sorry, and like put it away. And Kevin's like, did you tell her to put it away? I'm like, yeah. He's like, good job. But I'm just like, <laughs> although Kevin like he pissed me off to no end because like few things in the world piss me off more than like it's like the, there's like a line in um Firefly when um the uh. When Book, Shepherd Book, is telling Mal, he's like, there's a special place in hell for uh, people like that. It's reserved for people who talk at the theater. And I was just like, that's my thing. It's like, it's like the occasional little, like, here and there, like, like a couple words. Whoa, did you see that? Like, that little. Even that, I was just like, I probably, if it's a little thing that you're trying to get somebody to notice, like, whatever. But, like, I really, I told Kevin, like, afterwards, because he like, told me I was being weird, and I was like, because I was trying to yell at you during Road 1, because the entire time he and Sheena wouldn't shut the fuck up, Yeah. and I was just like, I was like, there's a few things in the world that pissed me off, like, well, we weren't disturbing, I'm like, you're disturbing me, asshole, so you're clearly disturbing other people, because, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm next to you, there's other people around you, so, like, clearly, yeah. and at the very least, like, you were disturbing me, so don't say yeah. you weren't disturbing anybody. Yeah, I, def- yeah. 
so you're a nice split between the two. Yeah. I don't feel I'm very much of either, so I'm just going to go on the edge of just whatever you want me to be. I'm happy with. Like, I definitely feel like, I feel like, like uh, Chasing Amy's movie I tend to watch over, it's like, it's, when I am like, when everything tends to go to hell, I usually tend to watch um, Eternal Sunshine, 500 Days, and usually Chasing Amy. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's like, I'm pretty goddamn close to that goddamn character. Like, I was like, I mean, there's definitely a lot of elements of Banky as well, but like, the one that I feel like is closer to me is Holden. Your personality is more Holden. Your mannerisms are more Banky. Sure. So I'll be just Banky in this scenario. Okay. I'll, just, I'll just be Banky because I just like sitting on a couch and playing Sega and watching TV. So I'm cool with it. Uh, <laughs> all right. What? Right there. I already forgot the movie they're from. Oh, Flashpoint. No, no, not Flashpoint. Flash, no, not Flash. Uh, point Break. Uh, Brody and Johnny Utah. You walked First in. of all, it's it's Bodie and Johnny Utah. Oh, Bodie. Hold on, let me fix this. Bodie. That says body. How do you spell Bodie? B-O-D-H-I. Bodie and Johnny Utah. I am definitely Bodie. Which one's he? Which one's which? Patrick Swayze is Bodie. Keanu Reeves is Johnny Utah. Oh, okay, fine. I'm cool with that. I don't... <laughs> I mean, I really wanted to be Patrick Swayze when you said that, and then I realized the other character is Keanu, and I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Who shoots into the air screaming? Uh, that's Keanu. Yeah, I'll take it, because that means well, I also is... get to have a Nick Frost influence, so <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah, no, because Bodie is like the one that's kind of like the one that influences those around him, and which ends in horrible things if you've seen the film but like that's definitely me so like so yeah, yeah like that's, that's more accurate plus you're a little bigger than me and patrick's bigger than keanu no i don't think he is actually watching the movie i'm pretty sure keanu is a little bit bigger damn it well i'll take it anyways <laughs> uh all right and the very last one is which specifically which kevin spacey character would each of us fill the role of more appropriately so there's no who's against who we can both be the same character if you want but if one of us was a kevin spacey character who are we fuck <laughs> being bald doesn't give you any other points i wasn't gonna say i was john doe <laughs> <laughs> or or lex luther um see I'll tell you who I believe I am, just because of the amount I've seen. I believe I am American Beauty, Kevin Spacey. Lester Burnham? Yeah, just because of my uh, lachrymose attitude towards most things. But my yeah, but I think you care depressed. too much, to Lester Burnham. I, I am very passionate at times. That's true. Um, for me, it's like I feel like I'm closest to like his character on House of Cards. <laughs> no, no, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say the House of Cards guys. Other than you don't like putting on a show in front of other people. That's the asterisk. It's like you're definitely. Uh, okay. How do I say this politely? <laughs> Willing to get what you want through most means, not any, but most means. But he, his name's Frank, right? Mm-hmm. He has the ability to put on a cheery smile for just about anyone if it means helping. Whereas you, it's not to say that you won't, but you're definitely more like, hey, you just take it or leave it, okay? You know, what you see oh, yeah. is what you get. So that's the only holdback because. Uh, other other characters, I, you know, I was thinking like Lex Luthor obviously would be pretty easy to tie you to, um, although he did more of like a comical Lex Luthor and not like a super badass Lex Luthor. Uh, who is what's his name in in uh, Seven? What's in the John box? Doe. John Doe. Uh, oh, okay, not John Doe. Um, Kaiser Soze. Oh, you could totally be Kaiser Soze. 
But yeah, I'm definitely Kazuo Soza. I'm not Herbal Kent, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, and you kind of have to take both. He played. He plays a guy who turns into a cat in Nine Lives. You can be that if you'd like. I don't he, want to be that. No, I'm just okay saying the, op- the options are, yeah, I guess all things, well, I mean, he's obviously done way more movies than this, but all things considered, I guess Frank Underwood's the most appropriate. I feel like you, when you grow, like when you get older, mm-hmm. um, you're probably going to be his character in The Ref. <laughs> What's The but Ref? It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Uh, Christmas oh, movies. you've talked about it. Yes. I yeah, don't know his Dennis character Leary. in that though. Yeah. He's like, the, basically the three leads of it are him, um, I can't remember her name, Judy something, um, and uh, Dennis Leary. And um, I feel like I'm definitely a little bit that. And I feel like one day you'll be that. <laughs> what, I'll have to look it up, and then I'll either next episode cuss you out or say thank you. We'll figure it out. In the, you know, We'll figure it out. We'll burn that bridge when we get there. Okay. All right, so let's bang through the, who these these who would win in a fight. I want to, Oh, so by the way, last two, two weeks ago, last week I talked about wanting to do different things for these kind of games. That's the kind of stuff I'm going to do. Remember, I did the planets, stuff like that. So that's going to be a slight direction just to keep it fresh because obviously we'll run out of things eventually. It'll take a while, but we'll run out of things eventually. So this is a fun way to just not have it be so monotonous. Anyways. <gasps> are, you, are you saying there are limits to your creativity, Kevin? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I'm right. a very repetitive person, and I've already <laughs> asked you multiple who would win in a fights of the same two guys just because I like hearing it again. So, you know, no judges. But I just got a BuzzFeed thing. Lynn Manu... Manu- Lynn Manuel Miranda is going to be in the new DuckTales. Fair enough. I'm so upset he didn't win a Grammy for Moana. Or an Oscar, I mean, for Moana. I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. Uh, he would have been the youngest, whatever you call it, where they win a Tony, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a uh, Pulitzer, all in, not Pulitzer, maybe it's Pulitzer, uh, in their lifetime. He would have been the youngest. And Moana has one of the greatest soundtracks ever, and he didn't win. Anyways, who would win in a fight? We'll bang these out. Iron Man versus Green Lantern. Um, I mean, Green Lantern's ring can do anything in the universe he desires. So, I mean, I feel like you have to have... Hell Jordan versus Iron Man, though. So, like, it's all to his limitations. His ring can do anything, but the story you're writing, you're doing it based off his personality. So, you wait, you're saying, like, Hell Jordan without the ring and, like... No, no, Hell Hell Jordan with the ring, but Hell Jordan can't at all times. I'm sure he can eventually. I don't know that much about how good he becomes, but... He can't at all times just make anything happen because it's all based on your willpower. So when he's fighting the Iron Man, the, not the okay. Iron Man, I don't like that. Okay. Uh, Hal Jordan, you, you know how good he He's known as the greatest Green Lantern. And that's not, I, don't, I don't mean that by fans. They repeatedly yeah. call him in the book the greatest Green Lantern. Yeah, he becomes the greatest Green Lantern, but everybody starts somewhere. So this is your Green Lantern. You get to pick the personality point in his life where he's at. So his willpower is affected by that. So you're choosing... Your version of the Green Lantern versus Iron Man. Because, yes, the Green Lantern is the most powerful weapon in the world. Technically, you put it against almost anyone, and it has the chance to win. But this is, in your opinion, from, like, if you were to take the culmination of Green Lantern in your mind. Oh, no. I'm still... Green Lantern beats Iron Man because... Beats Iron Man, okay. It has... It's like, yes, um, the Iron Man suit is, like, the peak of human engineering, Mm -hmm. but, like, the fucking Green Lantern ring is the, the peak of multiversal fucking technology i'm i'm on green lantern side too it's just that a lot of times they'll write stories where some internal conflict will interfere with their ability to use their powers and you could you could play that to your advantage that's why i ask you who you would like to win so that works good answer who would win in a fight boba fett or the winter soldier uh i mean i feel like since 
Boba Fett got taken. You know, much I love Boba Fett, and this hurts me to say, <laughs> the, fact that, the fact that Boba Fett got taken down by like a fucking just, I didn't see that. It's like, ah! yeah. <laughs> and it goes in the Sarlacc. I was like, Winter Soldier wouldn't let that happen. So I feel like you have to go Bucky on that one. Yeah, and he has a version of the Super Soldier Serum in him, so he's probably stronger if they were just to come to fisticuffs. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, I mean, Boba Fett has armor, but... True, but and super sweet rockets. I feel like Django Fett versus Winter Soldier would be a tougher fight, but... Okay. Um, but yeah, but of those two, I'd definitely say Winter Soldier is... Gonna come He's away walking away victorious. Okay. Yeah. Who would win in a fight? Final one. Deathstroke versus Solid Snake. Uh, I mean, I guess Deathstroke. Because, um, I mean, he's basically like the top assassin of assassins. Yeah. Like, I mean, Solid Snake. Granted, I haven't really played the Metal Gear Solid games. so It it's got a me. little crazy, I'll admit. Like, as time went on, there's like some of them he's like half robot and it's pretty intense or stuff. I... Honestly, I didn't follow the full storyline well. I mostly play games to shoot people, so that's about what I do. But, so yeah, it's the ultimate assassin versus, like, the ultimate covert ops military man. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I, I would give my vote to Deathstroke, literally giving how fucking hard he is in Arkham Origins. So, like... <laughs> just by, yeah. <laughs> like, if it's this guy... He has quite, but you could just go in a box and Deathstroke will never find him. Well, also, for that matter, um, there's a little bit in um, Identity Crisis, the Brad Meltzer book, where uh, Deathstroke, in basically like five moves and then like a matter of like a second, takes down like three fourths of the Justice League. Granted, it's like kind of, it's kind of a B team Justice League, it's like mm-hmm. Taitama and stuff. But still, like, he managed to take down like three or four superheroes in like less than a second. So, like, because he's freaking Deathstroke. Yeah, so I would say you have to give it to Deathstroke. All right, that's fair. All right, that wraps it up. Who in a fight? Done. In the books. Out our way. Uh, final thing that we'll talk about, and it's just real sad. Chris Cornell passed away. I mean, it's not one of the celebrity deaths that affects me. Like, I'm sad for, like, his family, and I'm sad that he apparently hung himself. I mean, if he got to that level of despair, like, I think that's sad. Yeah. But I literally... I like the very, very, very early Soundgarden records, like Bad Motorfinger. Oh, yeah, like, you don't like Audio Slave. We've talked about that. Oh, I love I with Audio Slave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was like, it's two th- It's basically like everybody in uh, Rage that is not Zach De La Roca with the guy from Soundgarden. I'm like, I have no interest in this. And then they did it. I'm like, I have even less interest in yeah, this. I love Audio Slave. I love Soundgarden, too, though. It's different sounds. I, I just really like it. But he also, um he has this cover of Billie Jean. That's just so because I I love covers like the cover of Billie Jean by the Civil Wars is absurdly good, but his is obviously a little more gritty and whatnot. And uh, I was I just listened to it yesterday and I was like, oh, like I, it it didn't affect me in the way like for example, celebrity deaths lately that have actually bummed me out. Um, like Robin Williams, I legitimately was like, damn. And uh, really recently, um, Prince passing away kind of kind of sucked. I wasn't like super bummed out, but I was just like, again, damn. So this one wasn't quite on that level. It's just kind of like acknowledgement. The dude was amazing, and he was super influential to a lot of people. He was oh, part no, of the I grunge think, movement. I, yeah, I get people like being deeply affected by. It. I'm just saying, I'm not. Yeah, like I was more. I was more affected by Powers Booth passing than I was. Yeah, or Christopher and, like, Big Black Boykin passed away. 
I know you don't watch that show, but God, Robin Big, oh my God, I watched that in Fantasy Factory. We actually own the DVDs for Robin Big downstairs. It's something me and Franny put on just for waste time. It's just, he was just not, you know, he's a TV personality, so it's whatever, but it's still, he was like really fun to watch and entertaining, and it's just, it's just a bummer when people pass away. No, I I agree, but the only ones that like affected me, like, like when John Hughes died, I literally reacted, I was more fucking affected by that than it was anyone in my family died. the other like, the other guy um the actor who's in all the kevin smith movies and whatnot uh he just passed away like two weeks ago um he was in tusk oh, he's older gentleman michael parks michael parks yes did that. michael parks said, passed yeah. away. oh it happens it happens indeed but luckily we're still alive we're kicking well, it. yeah that's the thing is like i had seen something uh i think around the time that harold ramus died where, like, we're getting to the age where all of our heroes are going to start passing away. And, like, <laughs> yeah. It's really fucking horrible to think about. But, yeah, it is true. It's not as bad as when all of our family and friends start passing away. So we still well, got fair. time, Patrick. When we're in our 70s, we'll really – well, when I'm in my 70s, you're not making it that far. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Patrick died in a tragic escalator accident, saw some kids <laughs> sitting down and just lost it and had a brain aneurysm. It was sad. <laughs> Luckily, though, that kid vowed to never sit down on an escalator ever again. Silver linings, Patrick. My, my death had meaning. So yes, right. silver linings. See, mine will be mine will just be void of all. It'll be like, oh, Kevin's cat passed away oh, and he gosh. died from sadness. Yeah, yeah, sad life for a sad guy. Okay, moving on. See, I got nothing. You at least got something. You know, the Rob Williams thing. That thing is like people when I used to work in a video store mm-hmm. used to like wind me up to get me to like bitch about how much I hate <laughs> Rob Williams and yeah, how much I, I hated like Mark Marky Mark. Oh, and yeah. so like. When Ron Williams died, I was just like, I same thing as uh, Chris Cornell. I'm like, I'm sad that anyone felt the level of despair that you have yeah. to feel to kill yourself. But like, I don't like his work, and I will not be sad that I no longer see another Rob Williams yeah. movie. So like, I will be a little bit. I do want to watch that movie. He came out. He was the voice of a dog or something in a movie with the original cast of the Monty Python crew, that are alive. One of them passed away, but. Uh, Anyways, it, 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 Simon Pegg was in it, too, and it's supposed to be, like, this culmination of just, like, comedians, and I, I never got around to finding it, but you should watch Boogie Nights again, so, and we can talk about it. I know. So I, I actually had this, I literally just talked about this, like, less than, like, three days ago with Kevin Cardinal, because, right. like, uh, we were discussing in the last, on the, well, we hasn't aired yet, but the, the episode we just did, um, that, like... I probably would really like. I probably would like it if I rewatched it. And I do need to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. But like I was thinking, it's like because it was like when I when, when we first when Kevin and I first became friends, like we recorded in his room and stuff. I saw like American Beauty and Boogie Nights. I'm like, yeah, I don't like those movies. And he's like, seriously? And he's like, I love them. Blah blah. And then like, so I uh, watched American Beauty with you. I'm like, oh, this is actually awesome. I just yeah. I did like it when I saw it as a kid. I was like, so Boogie Nights, I might like and rewatch because I like every other P.C. Anderson movie. So it's weird that I don't like that one, but. It's got a, uh, yeah, it's, it, we'll get around to it, watch it, and talk about it, because that'd be cool. There's lots of movies like that. You gain perspective as you get older. It's like the whole Nine yeah. Dolphins picture. Have you ever seen that? Maybe. There's a picture online, it's, it's, um, the whole point of it is to show that you can do, you, censorship is only helping adults, it's not actually helping kids, and it talked about, so, it's a picture of Nine Dolphins in a certain, you know, formation, and when we look at it, what we see is, a guy, a, a man and a woman in like a sexy embrace, like 
he's okay. like cupping he's like cupping her boobs and you see like her frame and stuff and you're like oh scandalous but <laughs> when when pretty much like anyone aside from certain situations when like anyone under the age of 10 sees it literally all they see is nine dolphins swimming around each other it's like yes you can censor kids all the way to no end but all you're helping is yourself yes. they're not really being affected by it so well yeah, yeah that was my thing like when i was uh younger like i've told people now i'm like the reason I don't have a problem, like, if, if I was, like, showing movies to kids, I'm just, like, honestly, like, there was – like, when I was a kid, like, if, if you don't explain the joke, like, it just goes over my head and I don't care. Yeah. Like, people people are, like, really freaked out by them. It's, like, there are so many jokes, like, in, like, Spaceballs and stuff. Like, when I saw them as a kid, I'm, like, I don't – it just – it didn't even occur to me. It just kind of flew over my head. So I was, like, it's whatever. Yeah. And then I was, like, an adult. I'm, like, oh, that's fucking amazing. But it's, yeah. like, that's the whole thing is, like, people have this thing with kids where they're just, like – it's like oh my god they can't see this I'm like they honestly they don't Aren't give a care, shit you yeah. know, if you don't if you don't give them a reason to care they don't give a shit yeah we'll do a whole episode because i could talk for a while about that i don't agree with censorship i prefer the uh, european model where everything goes and you teach your kids the way it's supposed to go so anyways you, you hear that you hear that people just lighten up lighten up a little bit you cocky asses stop being so serious all right you fuck come in here you talk trash tell me how i can raise my kids i raise how i raise patrick you don't have kids. Yeah, not yet. But one day, and I'll have that conversation with somebody. I'm prepared. All right, don't say I didn't do nothing, all right? All I, right. I wasn't planning on it, but all right. Moving on. That just about does it for Men of the... Nope. Men of the Machine. I'm the captain. Say your real name. I'm Stone Cold Captain Austin. Say your real name. I'm the Captain Antoniel. That's two I'm, people. Oh, no. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You know what? I apologize. I'm Cap'n. I hate you so much. Hey, that's he compromise. Is... This is all about compromises. And this we isn't a compromise. To... Yes, not, you, said, just... you said you can't be a captain, but you could maybe be a Cap'n. And I said, oh, okay, like Cap'n Crunch. So this is a compromise. I'm the Cap'n. Okay. He's Kevin. I'm Pat. And thanks for listening. There you go.